Well, like I said, we're going to finish Colossians today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture that we are in a city that is full of pagan idol worship. Just that like... Like every Friday night, there would be buildings full of people going and witnessing violence and uh, uh, sexual lust. Okay, well, okay, that's the movie theaters. And then uh, let's, let's uh, just imagine that, that every, every night people are going and they are worshiping riches and they are worshiping wealth and they are, they are throwing offerings at wealth, hoping that the God of wealth would bless them. With more wealth. So we've covered the casino, right? Imagine we live in this pagan, pagan land, and this guy that, man, we all just love him so much. He's so awesome. He's just this really cool dude. And um, he came and he visited us for a little bit, and we really liked everything that he had to say. And, uh, and we love Jesus, and he loved Jesus. And just the things that he said, just, oh, we could just cheer. We just listen to this guy talk about Jesus all night. But he's been gone for a while, and he sent us a letter. And I got it. And he told me, take this to Westminster and read it to everybody. And then whenever you're done reading it to everybody, uh, Hammerheads. No, Encounter. I got Encounter Church on my head. Encounter got a letter from him too, and we got a trade with them, and we'll read the, I'll, next week I'll read the Encounter letter. But this week, I'll read the letter that he sent to us. Here's what he sent us. So then, my brothers and sisters, dear friends whom I long to see, he loves us, he loved hanging out here, didn't he? My joy and my crown, stand in the Lord in this way, my dear friends. I appeal to Eudea and Synthesis. We don't have anybody named that. But imagine two people that are arguing. All right? Oh, wait. I went too far. Sorry. There we go. That was a letter to the Philippians. That wasn't the letter to Westminster. Sorry. I should have known from the opening. From Paul. There we go. Now we're on the right track. From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, oh, you guys remember Timothy? Our brother, to the saints, the faithful, the brothers and sisters in Christ at Westminster, grace and peace to you from God our Father. This Paul wrote this. It's, I can see it's in his handwriting. I remember his handwriting. He wrote this. We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Your faith and love have arisen from the hope laid up for you in heaven, which you have heard about in the message of truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as in the entire world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, so it has also been bearing fruit and growing among you from the first day you heard it and understand the grace of God in truth. You learned the gospel from Epaphras. Remember Epaphras? Our dear fellow slave, a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Oh, he talked to them. 
For this reason, we also, from the day we heard about you, have not ceased praying for you and asking God to fulfill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that we would live, us here, so that we would live worthily of the Lord and please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the display of all patience and steadfastness, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Wow. Paul's praying for that, that for us and all those guys with him. Even the guy that brought the letter. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For all things in heaven and on earth were created by him. All things, whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions, whether principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He himself is before all things and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, as well as the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that Jesus himself may be first in all things. God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in the Son, and through him to reconcile all things to himself by making peace through the blood of the cross. Through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So, you were at one time, strange, all of us, right? We're at one time strangers and enemies in our minds as expressed through our evil deeds. But now, Jesus has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you holy without blemish and blameless before him. If indeed you remain in the faith, established and firm, without shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has also been preached in all creation under heaven, and in I, Paul, have become its servant. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I fill up in my physical body, for the sake of his body, the church, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Have you guys heard Paul's like locked up in jail? I'll read the letter. I'll get back to that later. I became a servant of the church according to the stewardship from God given to me for you in order to complete the word of God. That is the mystery that has been kept hidden from ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. That's us. God wanted to make known to them the glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. Toward this goal, I also labor, struggling according to his power that powerfully works within me. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Encounter Church that used to be Hammerheads and for those who have not met me face to face. 
My goal is that their hearts, having been knit together in love, may be encouraged and that they may have all the riches that assurance brings in their understanding of the knowledge of the mystery of God, who is Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you through arguments that sound reasonable. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and firm in your faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. Be careful not to allow anyone to captivate you through an empty, deceitful philosophy that is according to human traditions and the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form and you have been filled in him who is the head over every ruler and authority. In him you were circumcised, not, however, with the circumcision performed by human hands, but by the removal of the fleshly body, that is, the circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, you also have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And even though you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he nevertheless made you alive with him, having forgiven all of your sins. He has destroyed what was against us, a certificate of indebtedness expressed in decrees opposed to us. He has taken it all away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed all the rulers and authorities. He made a public disgrace of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you with respect to food or drink or in the matter of a feast or a new moon or Sabbath days. These are only the shadow of things to come, but the reality is Christ. Let no one who delights in humility and the worship of angels pass judgment on you. That person goes on at great lengths about what he has supposedly seen, but he is puffed up with empty notions by his fleshly mind. He has not held fast to the head from whom the whole body, supported and knit together through its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is straight from God." If you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why do you submit to them as though you lived in this world? Don't touch this. Don't handle that. Don't taste this. These are all destined to perish with use, founded as they are on human commands and human teachings. Even though they have the appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and false humility achieved by an unsparing treatment of the body, It's a wisdom with no true value. They, in reality, result in fleshly indulgence. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, Westminster, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Keep thinking about things above, not on things on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you too will be revealed in glory with him. So put to death whatever your nature belongs to earth. Sexual immorality, impurity, shameful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. You also lived your lives in this way at one time, when you used to live among them. But now put off all such things like anger and rage and malice, slander and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with its practices and have been clothed with the new man that is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. Here there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If someone happens to have a complaint against anyone else, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also should forgive others. And to all these virtues add love which is the perfect bond. Let the peace of Christ be in control of your heart, for you were in fact called as one body to this peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and exhorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with all grace in your hearts toward God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, so they will not become disheartened. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in every respect, not only when they are watching, like those who are strictly people pleasers, but with a sincere heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you're doing, work at it with enthusiasm, as to the Lord and not for people, because you know that you will receive your inheritance from the Lord as the reward. Serve the Lord Christ. For the one who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there are no exceptions. Masters, treat your slaves with justice and fairness, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Be devoted to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us too. Oh, we got to pray for Paul. That God may open a door for the message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may make it known as I should. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer everyone. So I read all that like that, because that's how it came. And that's how they got it. And there was no rewind 
And there was no, I'm going to sit on that verse. I'm going to sit on that sentence. It was all at once. And they got it. And they might have, you know, had conversation and they might have made copies of it um, later. But when it came, it was a letter from Paul to the church in Colossae. And at the end, he says, swap letters with the church in Laodicea and talk to them. And he's, I'm going to go over in just a second some of the stuff he says. Isn't it wild when you read it all in one bite? You see how many times he tells us to be thankful? You know, if I'm covering one chapter a week, then one little part every week I might mention this thankful bit. But when you read it all at once, he's saying over and over, our lifestyles should be marked by thankfulness. We are thankful people. We have so much to be thankful for. You know, when you tell somebody to be thankful, um, sometimes it's because that's all they're going to get. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. Don't ask me how I know how that rhymes. Yes. Be thankful for what you got because you're not getting anything else. Sometimes it's be thankful of, wow, we got this. Like, I, how, how do I respond? Be thankful. That's all the person wants you to do. When somebody gives you something, our neighbor guy gave me six tickets to the Otters game. Oh, yeah. And uh, he didn't want me to pay him. He didn't want me to do anything. He just wanted me to be thankful. Because he wanted to bless us with the Otters tickets, right? How many times through there does he say make peace with one another? He starts at the beginning, calling people out by name. Yikes. Sue and Charmaine, resolve your argument. That's what it would have been like. They were all sitting there and he names them by name. It would have been like, oh. Midway through, he's talking about put away malice, put away arguments, put away deceit. And then even at the end, he's saying, don't, don't have quarrels with one another. God's, Jesus is the head. Be connected to him. And if you're both connected to him, you can't argue with each other. I can't have... My right hand fighting with my left hand. They don't work together. No, they're part of the same body. Notice all the things that he says in there about how we should act towards unbelievers, how we should act towards believers, how we should act towards people on the outside and people on the inside. Here's how we should act. I love that uh, when you talk, season it with salt. Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt. Like, what does that mean? Well, salt is good, right? My wife got these pretzel balls, and they're like as big as a donut hole, which is also good. And um, but they're pretzels. And she opens the package, and all the kids are like, "How many can we eat?" And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, guys! There's a recipe in here. The recipe? Let's get a skillet and fill it with butter." Roll the pretzel ball around in the melted butter. And then there's a packet of like rock salt, like pretzel salt, that big chunky stuff. It says pour that over the buttered, soaked, fried pretzel. (laughs) Now I'm like, I want to do that. I don't want to eat. You know, if every one of us gets three of these, I'm going to save my three for when I have a chance and they're gone. I mean, they're just... I did get one. And that one, 
in desperation at the last minute, I ripped open the salt packet and just dumped the salt packet right on and ate it. Um, even then, salt made things good. Think about that when, with our words. You know, a pretzel ball is a pretzel ball. I can make a statement. Uh, you, you drop something. You know, you walk along, somebody drops their wallet. I can say, you dropped your wallet. That, that's the plain pretzel ball, right? Yesterday, I was walking home from our little lot, and there's this lady hollering at me. Hey, sir, did you plant something? Sir, sir, sir. That was one way to say it, right? I would say that was not seasoned with salt. She's just trying to get my attention. If it was, hey, man, hey, guy, you know, any, any, put hey at the beginning. Hey, sir, I don't know. But we all know how we do this, right? We know how we talk to people. And we know how to talk to people and season it with the really, roll it in melted butter and salt it. That we can talk to each other. We we do this, I do this wrong in our house all the time, right? Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Yeah. That was vinegar. That was not salt. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer everyone. We have our farm stand, and we all go to different churches, and everybody always wants to know, what church is this? And there's another guy and I were talking, and there's a way that we can say, we aren't a church that makes churches sound bad. Oh, we're not a church. And we deliberately said, oh, we, instead of saying we aren't a church, we say, oh, we go to all different churches. Because that suddenly makes it a positive thing to go to church, right? But do you notice how conduct yourselves wisdom, make the most of opportunities, let your speech always be gracious? We had to plan that ahead. We had to talk that through. We had to pay attention. Oh, it doesn't come across very positive to say we aren't a church. Think ahead. There are things that go on. There are things that happen. There's, um, you know, sometimes we don't do it all the time, but sometimes we pray when we're out at a restaurant all together. And I have in my mind of if somebody walks by and says something, you know, how I want to respond to that. I don't want to be self-righteous. I don't want to be condescending. Um, I want to be, I want to be humble. I want to be seasoned with salt as they come and ask that. So there's a lot in the whole letter of Colossians about how we treat each other, how we act, how we serve one another, and what's important. At the very end, there's all these personal greetings. And this is really exciting, and there's some really cool stuff in here that happens. He says, Tychicus, a dear brother, this is in Colossians 4, 7, faithful minister, fellow slave in the Lord, he will tell you all the news about me. So that's how we know Tychicus is the one that brought the letter. I send him to you for this very purpose so you'll know how we're doing and that he may encourage your hearts. I sent him with Onesimus, the faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They'll tell you about everything here. Onesimus is the runaway slave 
of Philemon. And at the beginning of Philemon, Paul's letter talks about Onesimus. And so Tychicus and Onesimus, we know, also delivered the letter to Philemon. They also delivered, uh, they'll say it a little bit later, um, a letter to Laodicea, which a lot of people think we call the letter to the Ephesians. The, there's a lot of evidence that the letter to the Ephesians was really the letter to the Laodicea. And uh, they passed all these letters around. So that's, that's why that's there. So Paul's sending them to tell him, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you, the, you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. So if you flip over to the book of Acts, you'll see that at one point, Paul and Barnabas and Mark were on a mission trip. And Mark bailed on them and left. And that made Paul really mad. So mad that Paul and Barnabas split and went in different directions a little bit later. Because Barnabas went back and got Mark and tried it again. And Paul was like, if you're going with Mark, I'm not going. And so Paul and Silas, that's why Paul and Silas got matched up. And they went on a mission trip, and Barnabas and Mark went on a mission trip. At this, the, Colossians was written in about 61 AD. So at this point, everything is okay again between Paul and Mark. Isn't that wild? So all that's resolved. And he's like, if you heard about controversy, no controversy. You, you take care of him. He's good. And Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. In terms of Jewish converts, these are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they've been a comfort to me. So that's pretty wild, because we knew that there was a group of people that traveled with Paul, but only these three guys were former Jews. All the rest were Gentiles, were Greeks that had become Christians. Epaphras, who's one of you and a slave of Christ, greets you. He's always struggling in prayer on your behalf so that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Isn't that wild? Paul knows that this guy, Epaphras, is always praying for the church, for the church he came from. He is always praying for you. And what's he praying? He's struggling in prayer so you'll be able to stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Do you ever have a spot where somebody wants you to pray for them? I just, I need somebody to pray for me. And you're like, I don't know what to pray for you. Look at this. Here's a, somebody that Paul thought was great at praying and Paul details what they're praying for, you can copy that. God loves to answer prayers that he's already written down that people pray. Pray that they would stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God, that this person wouldn't have any doubt, that they'd be mature. I can testify he's worked hard for you and those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke the physician and Demas greet you. Luke the physician, like the apostle Luke, the writer of the Gospels, the writer of Acts, is right here. He has not written Acts yet. Isn't that wild? 
just to think about um, Luke doesn't know. Luke is in the jail with Paul, probably just visiting, probably not locked up. He's writing, probably writing the gospel of Luke while he travels with Paul because he wants to get the word out. He doesn't know how soon Jesus is going to come back. But he knows that they're far enough away from the time of Jesus that the whole very complete, very detailed account needs to be written. And as Paul travels around and Luke travels with him, they're running into all these people that were there. Oh, you heard the Sermon on the Mount? Oh, yeah. I used to live in Jerusalem. I remember that day. You used to be blind? Yes, Jesus healed me. What? Jesus healed my grandpa. You know, so on and so forth. So Luke is there writing it. But Demas, so the future so the future story of Luke is really awesome. The future story of Demas is not awesome. Later on, four or five years later, Demas appears in 2 Timothy. And Paul says, Demas loved money. And so he abandoned me. And he left Paul. While Paul was imprisoned, another time he was imprisoned, uh, Demas abandoned him. And, and Paul says it's because he loved wealth. He loved the world. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters who are in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. It's really crazy if you start reading through the book of Acts and you read through the ends of these letters like this, how many churches were in women's homes? And they were women's homes, and women are listed because they're the head of the household, which tells us that they were widows. So the early church was, was built and propelled by widow leadership. Isn't that wild to think about? Um, you know, currently church culture in America, there's controversy and, and who can be in charge. And, you know, they're hiring businessmen to be the executive pastor and, and all that business. Um, the first century church was, was owned by widows. <laughs> all the property was anyway. Pretty awesome. Give my greetings to them. And to Nympha the, in the church. Oh, the other thing about Nympha, totally not a Hebrew name. That she is not Jewish. She doesn't have a lick of Jewishness in her. She, that is totally a Greek, a Greek name. After you've read this letter, have it read to the church of Laodicea. In turn, read the letter from Laodicea as well. Go ahead, read through these things because there's good teaching in all of them. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you received in the Lord. We, we don't know about him anywhere else, but... It's good for all of us, right? I, Paul, write this greeting by my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. I think it's wild that Paul is honest enough to put in here at the end, you guys, don't forget that I'm locked up in a prison. Don't forget. Don't forget me. Don't forget everything I've gone through. And he's not bragging. Um, he's not... He's not throwing a pity party. He's not having a woe is me. He's just saying, look, don't forget about my struggles that I'm going through here in Rome. And that's not the last thing that he says. Grace be with you is the last thing that he says. And 
you know, if you did hear this, and you, uh, there is a rule in stand-up comedy that you tell your, your second funniest joke first when you come out on the stage, and that gets everybody ah, all riled up, and then you tell your best joke last. Because the last thing you say, the people are going to walk out the door, and they're going to remember that last joke and how funny it was, and they're going to judge the whole comedy show based on that last joke. And I think that's significant that in this letter... The very last thing that Paul says is grace be with you. That it's not just a a signature at the end. It's, look, all the stuff we talked about in this whole letter, you guys. Being nice to each other. Reconciling. Being kind to outsiders. Talking like your language seasoned with salt. Remember that grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus that I just carried on about for four chapters of this letter grace of the Lord Jesus is with you and it will continue to be with you don't forget that remember that so um, I looked up on the internet it said it would take 13 minutes to read the book of Colossians they were not taking into consideration Irish men that are long winded Um, but if you get a chance take one of the letters of Paul and take some time and read through that whole thing all the way through like it's one letter. Read it out loud to somebody else. Because that's really, that's really how they read those letters when they were received. And it really, it'll really affect the way that you look at it and uh, the way that you picture it. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for all that you have taught us through the letter to the Colossians. Thank you, Lord, that you are the image of the invisible God. And thank you, God, that you are delighted to have all of your fullness dwell in Jesus and all of Jesus dwell in us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would hold on to the fact that the grace of the Lord Jesus is with us. Help us to hold on to that all the time and to walk in it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen.